Star Wall Odyssey is a product of the OneShot Network Patreon and was made available publicly by OneShot Network patrons. While this public feed isn't updated regularly, you can get new episodes of Star Wall every other week on the OneShot Network Patreon. You can find the full series and all of the bonus content we produced for it by heading to patreon.com slash one-shot podcast and signing up for $5 a month or more. There's not enough hyphenated names, I think, in fantasy games. Absolutely not. But they also need to be hyphenated names that are like Bloodhawk hyphenated Iron Will. Or, or like, yeah. But I could see also more of like Bloodhawk hyphenated with like Johnson. <laughs> yeah, Bloodhawk Spoonmaker. <laughs> that, name, that name in and of itself tells a really great story. <laughs> That's a great story. Sweetheart, are you sure you want to marry a Bloodhawk? Think of the think of the wedding. Like <laughs> they're just so boring. <laughs> Not everyone's a spoon. They don't know maker, anything Mom. about spoons. Yeah. So Sack is is going to while I have him on the horn try and make a uh, repair check. Okay, so I've got two choices here, and I'm trying to determine what Sack would do. And actually, I think it's quite obvious what Sack would do. Um, I'm going to use Sack's ability. It'll work for now which I spend one point of int uh, to force a non-functioning machine to work for one action. Mm. Uh, but I will add a high stakes die to the challenge pool for future checks to repair or operate. I love that. That's great. Um, so yeah, Sack like immediately like goes over to like the various machines and whatnot that, that you see in this area, Petronella, um, as I'm assuming like Harker is like started headed downstairs. Yes, he's, mm -hmm. he's gone. Yes. So like you see him, he like starts walking around the machine. Then he like starts crawling on the machine, like scrabbling over it. Then he is going in and out of various tubes and pipes. And I kind of think this looks like a little bit like a, a neon-soaked Dr. Seuss sort of Perfect. setup. That's yes. what I feel like the engines uh, look like on this ship. Like, there are various, like, glowing things, and I also think, like, maybe maybe a little bit of classic Frankenstein vibes. Mm -hmm. There's some Tesla coils. There are big, weird light bulbs. There's just arcing electricity of, of various rainbow colors and whatnot. Uh, there's definitely one of those orbs that you would see at a Spencer's Gifts where you put your hand on it and, yeah. like, put all the electricity that goes. So, like, Sack is, is moving in and out of things. Uh, he's got a wrench. He is tightening bolts. He is, like, wanging on things with the wrench. Um, and eventually, like, things sputter to life. Um, and there is a lot of smoke that is pouring off of it. I do think this building, like, where you would have a blowhole on a narwhal, there is, like, kind of an exhaust port. Yes. Um, 
So, um, sack after uh, a couple of like, you know, we're 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 gonna say this is like a good thirty minutes of work. Like, sack has tied enough things together, has attached tubes to other tubes enough that the ship's engine kicks to life. He then goes over to the pilot seat and sits down. Uh, once again, like the energy courses through his body and like the chair floats up and his eyes are filled with like these neon colors. They are no longer flickering, though. They, there's like a set, I, I think a teal like, or maybe maybe cyan teon, uh, like, like neon look to it. Um, and I am going to make Sack roll uh, a check of like regular hard difficulty to actually move this ship. Um, uh, so Sack, let's see, what Sack was trying to do was park things in the proper place. <laughs> And this is not going to be parked in the proper place. I do think the ship moves. Um, what happens? The ship, like, sort of hovers off the ground and is going to move. We'll figure out where it does in a minute. I would like to instead turn over to Harker and Harker's people. The Usagon, like, I think after Harker stomped upstairs, like, all enemies were defeated and whatnot, uh, the Usagon have, like, hurried themselves about the kitchen mm -hmm. and are cleaning things up, uh, putting things back in order. Um, there is, uh, I think we can see Sarge, like, on top of the counters. Uh, Sarge has these uh, strapped to his feet, like, these kind of sponge rag mm -hmm. skates uh, that, that they use to clean. Um, but it's also just a good vantage point to see around the kitchen because I don't think the kitchen was made for Usagon. I think it was made for, you know, taller, medium-sized species, not not small species. No, absolutely. We've had, we have uh, makeshift ladders and like planks that go across counters and things like that. Uh, that So like people are doing, going to second stories and working up there and going down to the bottom floor and doing other things down there. Yeah, so I, I think Sarge is like looking around and part of the effort that Sarge is leading is they are like fashioning makeshift straps for everything to like hold items in place so that if the kitchen moves again, a bunch of things don't spill out and pour all over the place. Yeah. Um, uh, we see Harker uh, coming through the small door, comes in and goes, okay. How we doing? Give me a damage report. Sir, I, I believe it'll take a, a, another hour of, of, of tough work and elbow grease, but uh, almost everything is put back together. Um, the imp blood does appear to have evaporated, sir. That's good. Uh, you got 15 minutes to make sure everything is great before we start doing catering work, my friends. Um, sir? Do you mean everything needs to be back the way it was, or do we need to be good enough to cook? Good enough to cook. That's okay. all we need. 15 minutes? 15 minutes. You heard him! 15 minutes! Get a let out! Yes, Chef! <laughs> Hopscotch is, like, carrying pots and pans in a comical stack to the nearest uh, set of shelves that aren't broken to try to organize the... The material supplies. Yes, yes. Marco, Marco, uh, I, I got a question for you. Come over here. 
uh, we see uh, Harker wave over Mar- Marcosian. Marco, uh, looks like we're going to be doing catering work for... I'm not. I'm not going to call him a big client, but it's interclap capitalist dogs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're going to make sure these these fuckers have at least a great lunch. Uh, I would love to get as many of them drunk as possible. Do we have anything? Uh, Marcosian has been working on this special brew. Good, good. I want to make sure that they have a great time, and if they get sick later. I want it to be because they had a good time. Make sense? Yeah. Da. All right. All right. I want enough for, let's say, I mean, it's going to be a big thing. At least 150. If you can pull that. 150? Yeah. Let's say it's 150. I'm going to go big on this and say that we feed that many. Uh, Chef, chef, we are, um, well, the thing is we... We we used a lot of the food for dinner. Yeah, and we see him, uh, Harker, like pull out a cigarette and like light it and take a big drag before he goes. Yeah, yeah, that's I'm true. Not saying we can't do it. No, we, we we can we can do it, but we are gonna need more food. Either more food or a different menu. It's a lunch menu. We see Harker like pacing. Uh, he's gesticulating with the, with the cigarette. It's a lunch menu, which means it's not something light, something that's going to get them through that three o'clock slump, right? Mm-hmm. Something to give them enough energy, but something that's going to be heavy because they're going to be sitting at their desks the rest of the day. I'm thinking salad. No, no, some a salad wrap, a salad wrap of some kind. Nothing big, nothing too big, and let's mm, if we make it enough. If they like it enough, they can always come back for seconds. All right. It sounds like what we've got going on here is you're up against two problems. Uh, The first problem is that you really, like, had the food for the menu that you planned. You served a good deal of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you're transported somewhere else. Some of that food got lost in, in the shuffle and whatnot. And you've got food left, but it's like kind of odd bits and ends. So you either uh, need to have a new menu that that, that would be the salad wraps um, that can accommodate the supplies you have on hand or get more food. So I want a roll from you to tackle this problem. Excellent. Um, I'm going to go with reputation again because I think, no, actually, no, I'm going to go with intellect. Yeah, this this feels like this feels like an intellect instead. So you have at least one skill die and intellect. You are up against a hard challenge. I'm going to use my little fake dice here to to upgrade to a mastery die. Okay, so for that, uh, you're going to need to roll this d12 um, because we still haven't made those dice. All right, what was that result? Uh, That's a six. So. That's an opportunity and knowledge. Um, so you have a. All right. I guess it's a fate in this game. Yep. Um, so you fail. Um, what were you trying to do with this role? Uh, I think what we were trying to do with this role is I was trying to put together a lunch menu. And I think if it's a failure, it's just we just don't have enough yeah. food. 
you you don't have enough food, but you do have an opportunity here. Mm-hmm. You've looked through uh, the things that you have and you see something that you could do if only just. And I want to know what that is. I think it's soup. I think it's easy enough to go from being something complex, complexer than like a salad uh, wrap sandwich thing to just being like soup. We can we can get water and we can get seasonings and we can get a couple of ingredients and make a a light soup for people. And the only thing we need is bread. Okay. Okay. So like, yeah, you 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 just take stock, like you have, you know bones and whatnot of, of, of the things that you cooked. So it's going to be easy to make that into a stock. I do kind of think you've got like a Susian, um, steampunky pressure cooker thing. Yeah. So like you can yeah. whip up that stock real quick. Um, you, you definitely have the spices. You've got like the bits of vegetables that can be chopped up and, and put in, but like to really sell this and again, make this a lucky fin soup. It's got to be served with a bread and you just don't have a bread on hand. So with that challenge, we can see, we can feel like that the ship has taken off. There is a moment where all of the various rabbits in the kitchen, like feel the unsteadiness of, of the ground beneath them, but they basically don't miss a beat. They continue on to work because they have been taught to work in the harshest conditions and a moving restaurant barely registers as the harshest conditions. Uh, The video game imps are much closer. (laughs) You are sort of surveying the scene, like, and this is your first time really seeing what your challenge is going to be. I, I think you were very astute to, to assume that you would need to serve about 150 people uh, as we like swoop over intercloud and uh, the sort of like facade of this massive tower building. Uh, you can see that there are other food trucks that have lined up in front of intercloud, like kind of a fan of food trucks and there are people who are sort of like milling about and gathering in common spaces. None of the food trucks have thus far rolled open their shutters um, uh, to say that they're open for business. But like there are like you're looking at this building now, really taking it in, sort of counting the floors and doing the math in your head uh, that most restaurateurs do of like, this is how many people work here. This is how they're going to, you know, come out in shifts. It's dispersed between this many different buildings. So reasonably, even if we are somehow the lame duck food truck in this, we're going to be serving at least 150. Mm -hmm. Easy. Boom. Boom. Done. Um, Yeah, I think I think there are probably a dozen other food trucks is what I'm going to say for for the size of like this corporation that that feels good to me. You pull this swoop over and like you notice that most of the food trucks are like set up in this fan situation uh, where where people would flood out to them and the lines would kind of go in a neat and orderly fashion around when the building lands, I think very suddenly things start spinning. 
the building sort of like starts moving in a circle and we can see like from the exterior of the ship, like the horn is pointed in one direction. It's kind of spinning on an axis right underneath the chin of this narwhal. Mm, yes. um, it's spinning uh, and like Sack is uh, sort of going, oh man, this is wild. And I think the room around him is spinning, but the chair itself is like staying in place. So uh, you and Ty Petronilla are like almost like carnival style, like mm -hmm. glued to the wall. Yes. As, as this like comes in for a landing and instead of landing orderly along uh, the, the, the fan of food trucks that are oriented towards this building, smack in the middle, right in front of all the other food trucks, the Lucky Finn lands. So there is another wrinkle to this that will uh, create, like, I think the overall feeding this uh, corporation, and I'm going to upgrade one of these. Feeding this corporation is going to be a bedeviling challenge, mm -hmm. um, which is you will have three dice counting against you. Two low stakes and one high stakes die. I will not mention why there is a high stakes die right there. Uh, just that overall, your challenge will be that. In order to build up your pool, like you, you've got a plan here. Um, uh, the, the plan's definitely in place, uh, but you are going to need to make sure that you have the proper materials and uh, you, then everything after that is gonna be execution. Mm -hmm. And that will come down to a roll against this bedeviling challenge. Now, things that you can do to prepare for a roll, since this is our first time that like, we're really coming across, oh, this is a big challenge that mm -hmm. we have a lot of time to prepare for. Um, kind of what Pat and I imagined for the King Killer system and, and we're sort of working towards is, in the King Killer system, you'd be after points of knowledge. Okay. And the Skyjack system, you're gonna be after points of fate. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, you can start doing roles that like chase fate results. But the other thing that you can do is make a role in order to build up a resource like fate. Okay. Basically be like, I want to steal some bread and do some kind of bread theft role, uh, which if you succeed, will give you some points of fate that you'll be able to spend towards really anything. But, you know, probably what you'd be looking to do is spend them towards cooking a delicious soup roll. Mm -hmm. Operation Jean Valjean. Yeah, Operation Jean Valjean. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, so how do we do, go about doing that? Is that like a all of us together are going to be doing it or? Well, because the other Usagani don't have stat blocks yet, so. They don't. Yeah. The more we play, I feel like we need to remedy that. But <laughs> Yes, we'll we'll definitely need some mechanical way for you to represent um, Uzagoni. For now, we can do uh, the, like, we can kind of appropriate the Skyjack system, mm -hmm. which is you can assign an Usagoni to a task uh, that will take up their resource for that task mm -hmm. uh, and also put them at risk for success and failure. What I'm going to do, is, what I'm going to test, and I don't know how well this is going to work, but we will need crew things. Uh, because you're working with a small crew, they're all named crew people. Like they, you can really only 
like take on the challenges of the level that would be applicable to them. But each one of them, I'm going to say, is going to be a, a single unskilled die. Okay. You can, through your various stats, spend into them to upgrade them to skilled dice. And obviously, assigning two of them to one task will be granting you the two dice. For yeah. Um, okay. Here's what I think when it comes to the Usagoning. I think that we need to hopscotch. Yes. Hopscotch is in charge of soup. Mm -hmm. So Hopscotch needs to make this soup. Yes. When it comes to making the soup, I think it's going to be Hopscotch and Sarge because that soup needs to be made. So I'm going to add the two of them together to do that. I think if anyone's going to steal bread, because I love the idea, I think I think it's a it has to be a bread heist. I don't think we have time to to bake and raise bread. And I feel like whatever sort of environment and world we're putting together t for restaurateurs, like it's wild. Out oh there. yeah! Like sometimes you gotta steal the food that will be your menu. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like in this this cutthroat world of restaurateurs, of interdimensional restaurateurs, theft is pretty common. And it's one of the things where we, of course, we're all kind of mercenary because we have to fight off bandits who want to steal our food. That's great. So I think Hopscotch and Sarge are going to make that, and I think it's going to be Salvatore and Jessica to go and steal uh, the bread, which means Marcosian is here to, I don't know, I wanted Marcosian to bring out some sort of cocktail or brew that's going to be good with soup and bread. That's one thing for Marcosian, figure that out in a second, and which leaves me to basically uh, be there to kind of run everything and make sure everything is going well. That's how I'm going to divvy that out. So it's get bread, make soup, figure out a booze of some kind and make sure everything's ready to go. All right. I love that. I would like to cut upstairs. So basically there was a period of time where uh, Petronilla and Harker were talking to Rolly uh, to sort of figure out the terms of the lease. What they have discovered is that uh, the lease is written in such a way that, like, the building doesn't need to be in Caldera for you to be responsible for paying rent. Which it, means the landlord knows. Yeah. Well, and, and the suspicion that is that the landlord knew or knows that this is or was a ship. Um, at mm -hmm. a certain point. While that was happening, you were inside with Sack. Sack was kind of out of it. Like Harker uh, or Petronilla did eventually lift up Sack out of the chair, which kind of reawakened him. What I want to know is while that was going on, kind of what was Ty doing? Well, Ty is a healer. So maybe at some point, he tried to look after Sack. Yeah, Sack did stop smoking at one point. Yeah. Sack's body was smoking. So I would love, actually, uh, to for for you to sort of make a role that like tells you what was up with Sack and like how to heal them. Um, what what stat do you want to use for that? I guess it could be some kind of form of my vibe check. Oh, what what does vibe check say? Spend a bit of intelligence to know when someone is lying, but like 
checking I, into a. Oh, I, I don't think that applies. I think that, that that's for like social stuff. What would I don't? I would suggest probably magic because like okay. it's your understanding of magic. Uh, so this is going to be these, and your challenge is going to be basic. All right, success and an opportunity. So what I think. Like, d describe for me, like, how does Ty look over um, Sack and kind of examine him? Because, like, for the time being, Sack is underneath a blanket and kind of blinking and glowing underneath that. Um, I think Ty lifts up the blanket or, like, exposes a little, like, Sack's hand or something. And one thing about my goo people is we can tell a lot from vibration. And so they probably stuck a goopy finger onto Sack and just kind of like analyzed the vibe they were getting off of his body and just get an idea of where he is mentally. So, yeah, I, I think the thing that you come to understand from performing this examination is that Sack is now in tune and harmony with the whole building around you. Sack is connected through mind and spirit to the mind, body and spirit to the ship. Um, and there is something that is like shorting that connection or making it inconsistent and not fully in control of itself. So that that is like getting passed on to Sack's body and Sack's mind. Like he's kind of out of it right now and not able to perceive because his he's like it's like he's trying to look through the eyes of the ship and the eyes of the ship aren't working very well and like kind of intermittent so he's like in and out of it. Oh. So there's an opportunity well I guess the opportunity is knowing well, yeah, the, the opportunity could be an extra thing because, like, your your success is definitely – you understand what's wrong uh, with this person. Uh, I would like to know for my opportunity if because Sack is so intimately connected with the ship, his body is affected the same way the ship is, I can identify by where he is affected, where the ship is affected, and what we need to fix. I love that discovery. You like you 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 figure this out. It's like okay, this person is not just connected to the ship right now. In some way, his body is representative of the ship. Um, so, in order now to diagnose the main problem with the ship, you just need to like. Well, you just succeeded on an examination check with Sack, so I guess I need to decide. What's wrong with the ship right now? Correct. You said the eyes. So there's something in the neural network. Yeah. He's also smoking, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. However the ship perceives the world around it is messed up. That's a professional medical term. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> it's, it's messed up right now. The other thing is, I think... It is consuming fuel improperly mm. um, to the point where it is smoking, like, in a bad way. It, it should not be putting off this much exhaust. The last thing is he's passed out 
this ship is almost out of fuel. Those are the things that you've kind of intuited by like, again, doing this full body vibe check on Sack. So the like scene that played out, uh, Harker and Petronilla came in, they lifted Sack out of the chair. Sack like sort of talked about, you know, like, uh, and also they got yelled at by a employee of Intercloud who's like, hey, you're parked in the wrong area. You're one of the food trucks. You're supposed to be here to cater the business. For the lunch rush, you know. Oh, yeah. For the lunch rush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sack said he would move everything into place, but he's like, I don't know what the ship needs right now. I don't know what's wrong with it. Anything could be going on with it. I will move it into place, but, like, we got to figure things out. And Sack, true to his word, like, got things running and tried to pilot the ship over to uh, where it was supposed to be. But at the last minute, it kind of went wrong. The ship spun around a bunch of times and landed kind of out of place. They're still going to be able to serve the lunch rush, but there's going to be a lot more attention and focus on the ship uh, than you would ideally want to serve a lunch rush like like that. And Sack's ability sort of gets something to work now for a single action while making it harder later to repair and operate. I have a, a logistics question. Yes. In consideration of strength, Petronella and I are pretty strong. Could we conceivably push the ship to where it's supposed to be? I would say that would be a, I would say that would be a monumental challenge, which means you'd be rolling against four low stakes dice. Could we enlist the help of six rabbits? The six rabbits are cooking the, the lunch rush. Yeah, six. The lunch rush, did it, as far as I'm concerned, hasn't started yet. We just kind of crash landed. We're about to start the lunch rush. So the, the, the rabbits are in like kind of a pickle in that they are desperately preparing because they don't have the supplies needed to serve the lunch rush. Because remember when we left, they were they had just started serving their special event dinner. Oh, sure. Yeah, I know. I know. But there's a lot of food that didn't I will serve. remind everyone that there are also other people in the building. Mm-hmm. There are other tenants that we haven't met yet. I mean, I think it's a very funny picture to see an entire building kind of empty and everyone move the the like the I mean, ship hovers a little bit and they try to push it into place it's very funny but that could potentially be a good way for us to do a head count of who's in the building like if we mm. go around and we knock on every door everybody like, push. See who's home. yeah see if everybody's okay if we want to do that i guess my question logistically is if we do this like like fire marshals right if we mm-hmm. do this like fire marshal building attendance head count and if we convince everybody to help us push the the whole building, the whole ship into proper position for the lunch rush, will that benefit us in some way? I did increase the challenge of the role that they're going to have to make for the lunch rush based on the positioning. My thought being that if they're in the middle like that, they're going to draw a lot more foot traffic and whatever they're cooking is going to have to keep up with that. Mm-hmm. I think we should do it, Mel. You think so? Mm-hmm. I think we should go see out, see who else is in the building okay. and then get everybody to kind of like help us push it into the spot that we're supposed to be in. I'm game. 
Hey heroes, it's James, one of your game masters for Star Wall Odyssey. I'm here to let you know that we have already completed recording our first season of Star Wall Odyssey. It's currently being edited and distributed on our Patreon feed on a bi-weekly basis. We've already started recording season two and we've got exciting guests for that. It's something that we'd love to share with you. And the only way we can produce and share this series is through support from Patreon. So if you like Star Wall and you want to hear more, there is more Star Wall right now over on the OneShot Patreon. And if you want to encourage us to keep making this show, signing up at the $5 a month level or more will help ensure that we can do that for a long time to come. So head over to patreon.com slash OneShot Podcast. Signing up for $5 a month or more gets you access to all of the audio content for Star Wall. Enjoy the show. All right. That means we're going to have to figure out who's in the building. Yeah, that's that'll be fun. Here's the thing. I think we originally like wrote down some things, but I think we I could, wrote it down and we can go with those or go with completely new things like it. I don't think it really matters. Well, so what, what have we established thus far? Um, <clears throat> apartment A1. There is an artificer that is a hot damsel goblin. Uh, A2 is the owner unit. B1 uh, is where all the Harangans and Harker are, or I guess we did we we renamed them. Usagani. Right? Usagani. Yeah. Um, B two was a Tabaxi family. B three so is cat people. The cat, yeah, the cat people. Uh, B three is a nosy neighbor. We uh, originally designed them as a Thrycreen, a psychic bug. Mm-hmm. I do like still having a nosy psychic. psychic. <laughs> and then uh, B four was our apartment. Mm-hmm. And the B4 crawl space is where Sack lives. Okay. So really, um, it's whether or not we want to keep the goblin. I do like the family of Tabaxi. Mm-hmm. And kind of my thought for the family of Tabaxi, like, did we did we have one show up yet? No. No. no nobody's None. shown up yet. My pitch for the family of Tabaxi, they are our cats. <gasps> yes. James. Shit. Yeah. 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 Here's, okay. Okay. But okay. I mean, Oliver's also got to be in there too. So it's he's adopted. It's yeah. It's three cats and a dog. Oh no! How will they ever make it work? <laughs> I was gonna say um, Felicia and Oliver are married. No, my first my first <laughs> thought was Felicia and Hero are married, but I honestly don't think that's the case. I think that Hero is Felicia's shitty brother, and yeah. he's couch surfing with them. Yeah, absolutely. Like he's always slapping. Like the in window. one division. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so it's Oliver who's married to Fel- to Felicia mm-hmm. and Wedge is their is their their kid. Yeah. Are there also a couple of fish in there too? <laughs> like oh my little- gosh. <laughs> yeah, there has to, I mean there has to be at least one fish that they all it, it's it's instead of television it's a fish. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. that or it's that's their pet. Like mm-hmm. it's a it's a fish it's a semi aquatic pot like amphibious mm-hmm. fish that's their little pet. That's so good. Mm-hmm. That's so, so good. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Uh, when it comes to the goblin, we don't have to... We can change that one. Like I have no, okay. no skin in that game. Okay. Was the goblin... Did the co- goblin kind of have like a bit of a thing with... We, we have... Oh, yes. Harker. Oh, was that? Yeah. I totally forgot about that. That must be why I wrote Hot Damsel. Oh, okay. <laughs> is she like 
Was she like a widow? Was that the situation? I don't remember. I don't know that we got that far. I think we just decided it was like a hot artificer that Harker's got the hot score. How does Jessica feel about that? <laughs> well, I don't know what the deal between skin. Jessica and Harker is. I, I know, I don't and know I love either. that it's so ambiguous. Like, um, So yeah, then I, I like... The thing that we know, we want the cats. Definitely. Um, uh, we want the psychic bug. Yeah. We're flexible on the goblin. Are there any other archetypes that we kind of want for that? Oh. When you think of a sitcom mm-hmm. in an apartment building. Yeah. Right, right. You always, you do have the nosy neighbor. Mm-hmm. You always got that that family. What is, what is the, the other one? Because we already have the superintendent. Yeah, we've got and we've got personalities covered a little bit with the Usagoni too. Because mm-hmm. like we've got the grumpy one and Marcosi and mm-hmm. um, um, I think kind of the direction we were going, but maybe didn't stick the landing was like, you know, you you got a a, a family guy, you got the uh, what's the guy Giggity, what's that guy's name? Oh. The, the horny one? The horny, the horny one. one. Yeah, okay, oh. so, like, so there could a be a horny one. Sure. <laughs> you want a horny Okay. Okay. I'm not allowed to be horny, so this guy has to be horny. <laughs> Interesting. I'm religious. Hmm. I really fucking put That's myself in a Interesting metaphor, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> what do we like? Horny vampire. Oh, okay. oh yeah. I, oh, I, I really like that. That's really good. You can see how... how he and Mark Cozy and my butt heads a little bit. Um, so great. Yeah. You are looking to scramble the building together to push everything back into place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So I think Petey and Ty start at the... Yeah, we can we can split up and I can literally split into two and knock on two doors at once. Adorable. Um, we have the horny Dracula. You can just write Dracula. Right. <laughs> I, I just... I had to write horny. Um, we've got the cat family. We've got the, the the babies. And then we've got our nosy neighbor. Which one do you want to take? Um, Petey's going to start with the nosy neighbor. Okay. Who I think, I think this psychic bug person, we are aware that they are a bug person. We are aware that they are psychic. They have made it clear. Well, that also means in this world that they can take pictures. They can take pictures. <laughs> are they a photographer? Is that their... <laughs> They're retired. They're retired. A retired photographer. Oh my god. Um, wait, what kind of portraits did they used to take? Boudoir. Yeah, boudoir. Mostly nudes. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> okay. But also family portraits. Like, it's a, it's yeah. a whole, it's, you, you, you take what work you can get. Take yeah. what work you can get as a as a struggling artist. <laughs> the business card said boudoir, nudes, and family portraits. Easter pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Holidays, nudes. <laughs> so uh, we know enough about this person, or at least we think we know enough about this person. So Petey's going to go to, what is it, B3 and knock on the door. Yeah. The door opens up. Behind the door, I think you see this is an eight foot tall, yellow with orange eyes mantis person. I'm trying to decide if like 
this is your bog standard mantis, or if this is like one of the one of the wild varietals that you get with mantises. I'm just this is a regular regular mantis. If you're picturing a praying mantis, you're you're on the right track. Just a big praying mantis with a little waistcoat on. Yeah, I was gonna say, do they wear clothes of any kind? It's like Zora. They got a pearl necklace. Um, (laughs) Definitely have a pearl necklace. And what were the name of like the wig creatures? That we invented. Huggy boys. Huggy, huggy boys. boys. Uh, she wears a huggy boy that is like a, a poof of like curly gray hair with two antennas sticking out oh, of it. Can she have glasses? Absolutely so, has that glasses. That make her eyes look really even bigger they're, than they're they big, actually are. But they're like even fucking big, like impossibly big. I love it. I like the idea. Can I meet you halfway here? Can mm-hmm. she have glasses? They're little, little glasses. Oh. But like when she maneuvers her tiny pupil behind it, they're like they take up the entire glass. Yes, because... that's very good. Can they be cat eyes? I mean, they're mantis eyes. No, the shape oh, of the, the glasses. Shape. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the frame Sorry. of the glasses. <laughs> they're on a little chain. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, mantis. And it's psychic. Just... We don't need to make her that much more complicated. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I imagine she's wearing a cardigan, too. What's her like, name? Yeah, she's got a cardigan. Um, I, Rosalind. Uh, Rosalind, but it's spelled like X Y. Yes. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like K K X Y I. It's a bunch of <laughs> strings of letters, but it's it's Rosalind. It's it's pronounced Rosalind or Roz. Yeah, or Roz. K K X Y O I I I Z N N. But it's pronounced Rosalind. Pronounced Rosalind. Squealor. I love that. Um, yeah, she opens the door and there's like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hi, uh, <clears throat> Rosalind. Uh, I'm Petronella from next door. But you already knew that, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's yeah, there's just like a bunch of clicking of mandibles. I hate that. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, in the event that you weren't aware, the tenement building is a starship, and we have accidentally awoken it and piloted it by accident to um, what appears to be the headquarters for Intercloud Incorporated. Now, how this relates to you? Great question. Um, We are trying to get everyone home again in a reasonable way, Uh, but things are a bit tied up at the moment as we try to figure out what the ship needs to run as it was apparently out of order for quite a long time. So, um, and again, I'm just saying this for the sake of saying it out loud. I'm not assuming that you do or do not know any of this. Um, but uh, we are trying to get a head count of who's in the building at the moment. Um, and if you wouldn't mind, um, we would love for you to come out and uh, join us as we push the building uh, into spot for a food truck uh, sort of situation that we are participating in sort of against our will at the moment. Uh, I imagine that Roz puts up a, like a, 
like one of the many hands that she has. Mm -hmm. And she reaches, she goes into the back of her room and pulls out like a translator that she like puts around oh, her no, neck. No, she's psychic. So oh, she's psychic. That's right. Yeah. I think you hear echoing in your head, sure thing, sweetheart. <laughs> Great. Yeah, you're you're the best. Um, so, yes. Who are you taking to the wedding? Oh my god, I wish I could tell you that. I'm I, sure you're beating them off with a stick. Yeah, yeah, you would think that. Um, Thighs like that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I haven't decided yet, Roz. Um, Do you need to? Do you need to take a few pictures to send out to uh, likely candidates to entice them? Uh, I I thought you were retired. Are you still taking pictures? Oh, for you. For you, retired is just a word. Amazing. Really generous offer, Roz. I will let you know. Um, but at the Gotta moment... say, would love just a peek. Right. Just to peek for my own self. I'm curious. Right. See you walking around. I imagine you haven't had many shoots with Potomy, have you? Not, not, uh, not to toot my own mandibles, but I have had the opportunity on occasion. Always a pleasant experience. And I'm not even the horny one. There's a hornier one. When there's a hornier what? <laughs> Tenant of the building. Oh, right. That's more yeah, of a meta you know, commentary. You, yes, I yeah. understand now. I'm with you. Um, anyway, so do you want to come along and we're going to check oh, on everyone else? sure, sure. And then we'll all have a sort of uh, rendezvous. And, and then we can go through your list of eligible bachelors. Right. Yeah, maybe we could do that. Um <clears throat> anyway, um, cool. So let's go and see about everyone else. You know what I'm picturing? I'm just picturing Mr. Scroop from Treasure Planet. There's a, a there's bug. a there's a big bug <laughs> on Treasure Planet. <laughs> also, this is very funny because Roz Rosalind is is eight feet mm -hmm. and Petey is seven foot. So Roz is the only person in Petey's life that she literally physically has to look up to look at. <laughs> <laughs> and it makes her so yeah, uncomfortable. That's that's gotta put you on a weird back foot. Just every time, every time. Like she'll she's like, oh, just wasn't expecting that. Um, so Ty, what room do you start with? Who are you going to go check on? I think you got to go to the, the animals, the cats. Oh, the, yeah. I'll go to the, the animal room. Which is apartment. Uh, that is apartment B2. Here, I, I rewrote it so that we could just have this. Beautiful. Great. For use. Um... Okay, who's oh, wait, who? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Who's okay, who? Okay, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? We're under attack! We're under attack! We're under attack! No, no, no. Calm down. Just calm down. Okay. There. Okay. I'll get it. I'll get it! No, no, no. Stop, stop. Wham! Slams open.
the history of role-playing games is weird and wild, and we here at System Mastery are determined to look through it all. Every heartbreaker that drove a man to bankruptcy to see his vision of D&D with really specific armor maintenance rules come to fruition. Every game where you get increasingly certain as you read it that this is all just one person's weird fetish. Every system that painstakingly recreates how medieval life was really like, and then also you can cast Fireball. The System Mastery podcast wallows in the filth of RPG history. Come, join us in the muck at System Mastery.